Hello everyone, welcome to the PR Not BS podcast with Fiona Scott. Uh, How are you today? Hope your month is going well. I am joined today by the lovely Jenna Farmer. I'm not going to pretend I know loads of things about Jenna because I don't. And actually, that's one of the joys of a podcast. I can meet someone on air for the first time. But I'd like to say thank you to Jenna for stepping forward and saying she'd like to be part of my podcast. So, um, Jenna, introduce yourself in your own words. Hi everyone, I do quite a few different things but I'm a freelance journalist who also writes and helps other businesses with their blog content um, and as well as also helping them with things like their press releases and PR. So I'm just sort of really uh, passionate about talking about blogging whether it's for people that just want to start a blog for fun or they want to start a blog as a way to get into journalism or if they want to you know work with bloggers or in that capacity in PR. So there's loads of different topics of blogging that I could talk for hours about. Give us a bit of a flavour of your background. So what did you start off in and kind of where did you go and where are you now in your life? Why is blogging so important to you now, Jenna? Yeah, so I mean, I used to be a teacher. So I was a teacher. I sort of, you know, left university, did a few other jobs and was an English teacher. Um, And I moved abroad to China to um, teach English. Um, And when I was living in China, um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And I was obviously quite lonely away from all my friends and family. So I started a blog um, just to talk about my journey with Crohn's disease, see if I could find anyone else that was living with it. Uh, It was quite rare in China where I was living. Um, And just to sort of chronicle, you know, my attempts to try and stay well while living in a foreign country sort of thing. So it was a real passion project for me. And then when I came back to England, um, I found teaching a lot more difficult. It wasn't really compatible with my Crohn's disease for lots of different reasons. Um, And so that's when I started to take my writing more seriously. And I was able to use my blog as a springboard into journalism and other areas of writing. And that's where my career has sort of grown from there and there, really. So I sort of have my blog to thank for so many, you know, areas of my career, really. For those of us that are ignorant of what Crohn's disease is, Jenna, give give us a flavour. I do actually know because one of my clients has it, but um, tell me in your words what it is and what your experience of it has been. Um, so Crohn's is an autoimmune disease where my um, immune system sort of attacks itself um, and specifically attacks the digestive system. So um, not never really sure sort of what can bring it on, but it can cause obviously a lot of pain, like changing like horrible uh, bowel movements, perhaps a bit early to be talking about that on a Monday morning, but that's life. Um, all sorts of other complications, you know, obviously real tiredness and like anemia and all of those sorts of things. So um I've had to have a few surgeries for it as well so it can definitely you know really impact your life and um, unfortunately the career I was in as a teacher um if I was in the middle of a class with 30 kids and I suddenly was in pain or I felt like headed or those sorts of things you just couldn't say I'm just going to need a mini or you know it's not a very flexible and compatible career with any chronic illness really but specifically something like Crohn's it just was impossible really. I do admire the fact, though, that you've taken something negative, something you've got to live with. I guess there's no no cure for it. You've got to manage it. And you've turned it into something positive. I mean, you know, that's a great thing, Jenna. 
No, I, I, and I often think, I mean, I don't want the illness, but I, but I often think if I hadn't got the Crohn's, would I still be teaching, pulling my hair out, trying to get 30 kids to read a Christmas carol? <laughs> so, this, yeah, definitely really gave me that boost to think you can't stay in teaching, you know, you just can't, You're, you know, and to really take your health, but not to take your health for granted. So I am very grateful for it in that sense. Now, talk to me about blogging. Um, today, 2022, I mean, does blogging earn you a living? I don't expect you to go into the ins and outs of what you earn, but give people a, a sort of a, a taste, if you like, of where you are in terms of making a living or how you use blogging to um, to help you earn an income. Yeah, I mean, definitely. So when I think when we hear the word blogger or influencer, we think, oh, she must be making money from like advertisements for teeth whitening or something, which I can confirm. Um, I'm definitely not. Uh, but yeah, you know, when I left teaching, my goal has always been really to just be able to pay, you know, pay my rent. I've got a son now, so to be able to pay for his nursery and just sort of carry, you know, tick on by and those sorts of things. And yeah, definitely blogging has helped me do that. So for me, I see blogging as a springboard for all of the work that I do. So obviously, I'm lucky enough that one of my sites has quite um, a lot of traffic. So I'm able to earn a few hundred pound a month from, you know, running site advertisements, you know, those things that like pop up or just appear when you we're sort of used to them now, aren't we? Uh, sort of on every website. So that's really, really great. And that was really helpful when I went on maternity leave. Um, sometimes I'll do, you know, sponsored posts if there's a product um, to promote on my Instagram or um, or my blog. But really, for me, my blog has been a springboard to all the other things. So it's how people have asked me to, you know, write content for their blogs, or they found my blog and asked me to write a journalism article, or they found my blog um, and asked me to talk in an event. So there's so many different ways that I sort of make a living and for me they all stem from having that blog in the first place um especially you know in my case my blog was quite it's quite niche it's about being gluten-free and gut health and at the time especially there wasn't really many talk, people talking about gluten-free so I managed to get one of my first articles in the metro and the independent and I hadn't done any of the writing experience then but they were like well we need someone that knows about gluten-free people are talking about this more and it was just really lucky that I was there at the right time and I had this blog that showed me as a bit of an expert really and I think that's what's really great about blogging. So I guess the overall point of that is, well, how I see it then, Jenna, is that your blog really is a catalyst to showcasing your expertise in a niche area that is becoming more mainstream, I'd argue now. Um, I work with a brand called Creative Nature Allergen Free, so I've had connections with bloggers like yourselves, probably a conversation we should be having later. Um so I've worked with bloggers. So let's let's give an idea here in 2022. What makes a good blog? So I think we're past the age of people caring about your lifestyle. So, you know, like it used to be when I was starting out, loads of people were writing blogs, you know, like this is my morning routine or this is what I got up to. And people were really invested in that as a person. And I think those sort of blogs are less and less common now because we've got Instagram and TikTok. People aren't that invested to go on a website that's just going to be somebody's diary. So for me, and what I think stood me in good stead is my blog content has always been about helping others and, you know, questions that people are searching 
watching. Um, so when anyone says to me, like, blogging is dead, I will say, you know, with my condition, unfortunately, people are getting diagnosed every day. So people are always going to be searching for those questions, whether that's, you know, trying a diet for it or um, being diagnosed and where to begin or my experiences with medication. People are always going to be searching for those things. So I think if you have a blog that answers people's questions, then that's going to be, you know, 10 times better than, you know, a diary type blog. And Jenna, um, from your blog, give us a flavour of the type of articles you've been writing for Metro, Independent, I noticed, a couple of other things. You know, what kind of things are they asking for from you? So, yeah, when I started out, that there was very much that niche of, can someone write about gluten-free products or it was like Crohn's Awareness Week and somebody wrote about the conditions of Crohn's, what it's like to live with Crohn's. Um, I've been, I've wrote everything from, you know, about public toilet closures to like surgeries. Um, if there's a celebrity that's in the news about Crohn's, I've written about that. But for me, and you've probably found this yourself, you don't want to get pegged into one corner sometimes I think what else can I say about Crohn's you know <laughs> so for me as soon as I sort of got those articles under my belt I try to then you know like any journalist would you know try and vary the sort of topics that I'm writing about so when my son was born in 2019 I just I started another blog because I really wanted to talk about being a mom and just managing all of that and I think it's really good to have that niche to start from but then obviously if you can like diversify and get more topics under your belt then it means you know obviously you've got more opportunities so yeah that's how I sort of managed it. I think in our world Jenna a lot of people forget when they're dealing with any journalist or influencer or writer um, like you and occasionally myself who pitches to the nationals or who pitches locally or regionally they forget that we are business people and we need to um, PR ourselves as it were so give us a flavour how do you let people know you're around how do you use PR to promote you? Yeah, so this is something that I started to do more and more over the past year because um, you never really think of yourself as a brand. And you sound a bit stupid saying that because you know, I'm just me. I'm not a brand. I'm not Gemma Collins. But um, uh, you you do need to get yourself out there. And for me, you know, being a journalist and knowing how helpful it is where someone puts themselves forward for a case study or answer some questions I've just sort of started doing that on Twitter or you know in journalism Facebook groups when it's Crohn's Awareness Week I've said you know if you want to chat to anybody I'm happy to help um my son has a speech delay um so that's something I'm also really passionate about talking about so I've been doing similar things um you know saying on Facebook groups and contacting journalists but I think social media is a really good one for that as well you know posting on Instagram and I'm even on TikTok I'm embarrassed to say <laughs> but yeah we'll, we'll ask for the TikTok details later because I have to admit TikTok is my guilty pleasure <laughs> so I'm with you on that one so do um you know you know Jenna that I'm one of these strange journalist stroke PR hybrids and and the freelance lifestyle pushed me in that direction but how much contact do you have with PR people and how important are they to you or are they a pain in the ass? No, I mean, I, yeah, I have a lot of contact. Well, I have lots of press releases. Um, I do think 
I do wonder if a press release is necessarily needed in this day and age. Obviously, it's good to have that blurb. It's good to have that press release. But the sheer number of press releases that you get sent, in my eyes, especially if it's, you know, gluten free, um, I would much rather just an introduction, you know, to the brand or just like a quick personalised message rather than lots of um, press releases. But for me, it's really helpful, um, especially in the gluten free world. One thing I always want to do is just to be up to date with like new product launches and things like that, because people who are gluten free get so excited about new product launches. And um, so those relationships, getting that information first um, is really, really important. Um, so I think, no, I don't think they're a pain. I think they're really useful. Um, it's just um, for me, it's really helpful if a PR introduces themselves and says, this is who I cover. If you're looking for this, this and this, let me know, rather than just send me loads and loads of press releases. Because I think once you've got that relationship, it's much, much easier than sort of being bombarded with press releases. I am um, when I train people in PR and how to engage with journalists and influencers like yourself, I, I talk about that a lot. I think the problem comes with many bigger PR agencies, Jenna, is that they use a database and send their press release out to a ton of people at the same time. So you, when you receive it, it's quite easy to tell if you are once one amongst a thousand, isn't it, rather than making you feel special. Yeah, and I wouldn't. To be honest, if I get if I get anything that's personalised, I will always reply. When I get one of those messages, unless it's relevant, I just won't. But if someone's taken the time, you know, even if, for example, you know, I get sent a lot of vegan things, but that have got gluten in. So, you know, usually I just cover gluten free. So that shows me, okay, not really going to reply to that. They've not sort of. Um, research necessarily but even when sometimes I'll just get an email and they'll say something like oh I love this video that you did or you know how's Jude because that's my son and I talk about him I know they can't do that for everyone but I'm so much more likely to be accommodating if someone just tries to have a conversation with me um rather than send me you know like just a generic press release so it's getting that balance isn't it because I know they can't send every single personalized email but you've got to expect like you say if you do do a mass send out you're not going to get as many results as if you just take the time to reach out to a fewer number and just personalise it. I actually think that if you do that mass send out, it's almost a waste of time. I think that if you have, you know, four or five influencers or bloggers in the area that your client's interested in, or three or four national journalists who might write in that area, like health, well-being, whatever it might be, you're going to get more traction because you'll develop a better relationship. It's human to human. I mean, do you agree? Yeah, I remember when, before I had my son, and I used to be able to have more of a life, but PRs used to say to me, oh, do you just want to meet for a coffee? And I'll tell you what, you know, what's coming up. And I used to be like, yeah, that's great. You know, why not? Um, Because I think, like you say, then I'm much more likely to, you know, know them. And then if I can do them a favour and mention them, the product, if something fits. And now there's a few that, rather than doing a response source, I'll go back to and say, oh, you know, I'm just working on this. So I do think, yeah, those relationships are really important. And I think, yeah. And as well, I think you get so many press releases and you think, what was the point of this press release? Like, they're really, I think, was this really the best use of your time? Like, who is going to publish this press release? I was going to say, does anything come to mind where you just think, oh, my goodness, the best one I had um, a few years ago now? just here in Wiltshire, was a PR company on behalf of a heating and plumbing company sent out a press release about 
uh, a boiler that they were now stocking and the press release was the 20 points of that boiler. I've never forgotten it. And the reason I've never forgotten it is because it then started passing around the local journalists who were all laughing about it. And I thought, there's a company somewhere that's paying a PR company <laughs> to expose them to ridicule. And, and the thing is, you then never forget the company that sent out that press release. I just think, really? Really? I know it's really I, I mean as well having a house site I really get a lot of weight loss ones and really sexist ones as well like one was the other day like women think about food more than men and I just think is this really the best angle that you can um you can send people um so I think just a bit and as well awards as well I mean I know it's so exciting if you've won an award as a business but you know if you've won a small award I don't think you need like no one's going to cover necessarily you've won this tiny award so or like we've took on a new member of staff you know it's really exciting for you but that doesn't make it a good story no no I mean those kind of things I always say local press with a decent picture might cover it national or trade press or yourself you know bloggers in a particular area they're not going to cover that they're just not going to cover that um you know unless it's um oh having said that I've got to say this to you Jenna I hope you don't mind the Nourish Awards I'm a sponsor for the Nourish Awards and they specialize in free from rubbish awards in Cheltenham but it's local to me it's Cheltenham it's a national so have a look and um, but I'm a sponsor I obviously I don't enter product but uh, one of the reasons I do it is like you I like to know what's coming what what's on trend with foods Yeah. I'm lucky I don't have any digestive issues or allergies, but I work with people who do. Um, so I'm really appreciative of, more appreciative now of how some foods just contain absolute rubbish. We're putting yeah. rubbish into our bodies. Jenna, let's just talk about you. So I want to give us a flavour of on, on, on a day, it's a Monday when we're recording this. You get up on a Monday. What are you doing to promote yourself that week to bring some income in? Reels is one that I so I'm now trying to do like an hour of a Monday, especially to just to batch make lots of reels and TikToks, just really short videos. Um, so yeah, like I say, I said earlier, never thought I'd be the sort of person that's on TikTok, but yeah, they're really quick to do. But I'm definitely finding that that just definitely bring in people messaging me about working together, sending uh, sending out like my newsletters and try and do that once a week, like send out an email um, and things like that. And then obviously taking some time to actually write new blog content as well, which sometimes gets to the bottom of the list, but really is the most important in many senses. Give us an example of three things you've done recently that you've really enjoyed, that have actually paid you money, Jenna. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so one um, was uh, freelance writing for um, Flow, the period health app. So this was actually another way that my blog helped me. I started to make these Instagrams. And a lot of the time for me, I just, I have a rant to my husband about these things. And I think rather than rant to him, let's just make a reel about it. So in my case, I um, found that after I had my son, um, again, we're having a bit of a tear my uh, 10 o'clock on a Monday but I really struggled with my periods after having my son and the GP was just useless so I made this sort of comical video just where I sort of made fun of that really like me ringing a GP and not getting anywhere um, and then so then I saw Flo was looking for writers and I sent them an email I said look I've never written about periods 
for any of the newspapers or anything like that but I talk about it a lot and here's my Instagram and here's my TikTok I'm really passionate about it and then they yeah they commissioned me to write some articles about like different aspects of periods like PMS period headaches which I didn't even know was a thing um yeah and it was really interesting to do another area that I hadn't really written about before writing for a different audience like an app you know usually I'm thinking of you know online or newspaper layouts and things like that um and yeah and the fact that you know just making that real which at the time I thought why am I messing around doing this like you know no one's paying me to do this why am I putting on a coat and pretending to be a doctor and moving my camera around but um yeah so that was one example yes that really showed just how being visible online can get you that work and how do you have the money conversation how do you show them the till as it were so, I mean, it depends, doesn't it? I mean, places that are like that or, you know, newspapers often, often have that budget in mind, don't they? So, you know, often have that um, how much they're going to pay. So I find that that isn't really necessarily a conversation. But another company, um, after seeing that video, asked me to make some um, TikToks for them. And that was just like, oh, my God, how do you price that? Because, um, you know, that's something that I never thought I would go into that area. So, yeah, for me, I think, first of all, it's really explaining that value. Um, Obviously, things like social media and blogs are fairly new areas. So it's harder to sort of explain the value compared to like traditional media. But, yeah, since having my son, especially, I've started to get a lot stricter on like a day rate and thinking of how long things are going to take, because obviously you've got limited time when he's at nursery. So for me, I'll, you know, in that case, I literally broke down. I think this is going to take me X number of hours to write and edit it. Uh, sorry to film and edit it um and this is the value I think it's going to bring and then come up with an amount that way and how are those conversations going then Jenna are you getting any pushback or are people understanding the value of your time a lot of the time I am really lucky that people appreciate it other times especially when it's um, a new thing like TikTok I mean I've had two more conversations this week it's harder to explain um, the value because it's quite a new um, social media method. And that's sort of the same with blogging as well. I mean, it used to be a few years ago that people would think, you know, if I send her a chocolate bar, she'll write a thousand words on this chocolate bar. For me, I've got sort of a template that I use now and I just say, look, you can send me the chocolate bar if you want to and I'll try the chocolate bar but you know if you want me to write a thousand words this is how much time it takes me this is because I do this this and this and therefore it's not feasible to ask for this in exchange for this so for me I sort of have a bit of a scale in my head because at the end of the day somebody emails me and they're a brand new company and they say you know can we send me you our dairy-free chocolate bar I'll say of course you can but I can't put hours of work in an exchange. If you want me to do a whole post on you, then it would be this much. If you want me to just try it and give you some feedback or give it a mention on my Instagram stories, then that's fine. You know, you can't expect every business to have a huge budget. So I think if you have that scale, then you just don't feel like you're being ripped off. I think it's interesting for people to learn how your what your thought process is. So let's um to round up then, Janet, who do you want to hear from in terms of businesses products interesting people case studies um you've already mentioned quite clearly you know the type of thing you want to receive and what it would say but who would you welcome contact with definitely gluten and dairy free brands that are doing something a bit different I'm always really happy to talk about that and chat with them about that anyone sort of in the gut health space that you know wants to raise awareness of 
not cures or anything like that, but you know what it's like to live with and things like that. And in the mom space as well, anyone that's, I mean, like my website that I started in the mom space was very much a space to just be really honest about being a mom. So I've had people write for me, talk about, you know, breastfeeding their three-year-old, people talk about post-traumatic stress disorder after a birth trauma. Um, so anyone that sort of wants to share their experiences and being honest about a mom is always really welcome as well. And finally, Jana, how can people find you? Tell us where we can find you and follow you. You can find uh, my blogs then. So abalancedbelly.co.uk is the name of my first blog, the one that I talked about um, that started everything off. Um, and you can find uh, my mum blog, which is what I just mentioned. It's mummernity.co.uk. So that's M-U-M-E-R-N-I-T-Y. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at UK, and I'm on TikTok under the same handle as well. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hope you've listened to the podcast. If you want to find me, I'm at www.scottmedia.uk. You can find me on Twitter at the Fiona Scott, and I'm just getting a handle on Instagram. So more on that later. Please join us next time. Thank you. Thank you.